So this is our first conversation yeah. recording on Anchor on what's today? February 2nd, 2020. Yep. 2020. Super Ooh. Bowl Sunday. 49ers and the Chiefs in the, in the Super Bowl. Hey, hey. All right. So I think this is uh, a first time for both of us. So I'm not quite sure how to. Let's go back. Let's go back. Pretend we're not recording. We're just going to go back to that conversation that we were talking about. Okay. Um, so we're talking about tomorrow <coughs> doing a podcast. And I said, hey, you know what? Let's just have a conversation now because um, I feel like these conversations are just as important as doing like a true recording, something official. And, you know, we might get some better content today than we would, you know, in a, a more structured setting. Yeah. Yeah. Setting. So, um, so what is it that your intentions are? Like, what is the purpose of putting us together and doing these podcasts? And yeah. So my purpose is for me to be a better storyteller so I can therefore get more people to get treatment for their PTSD, TBI, or CTE. What is CTE? Um, it's concussion. So think sports. Okay. And it's similar to, I mean, that's traumatic brain injury, yeah, right? Exactly. Still? Yeah. So something when you're, what's the difference? I mean, a concussion is, you know, the, the swelling of the brain, but then it typically recovers. And this is like, uh, something that hadn't been. Yeah. I only know so far a little bit about it, but the concussion, if we were to laser someone, we would laser their entire head. Mm-hmm. Um, for the PTSD and TBI, we've been doing the, um, frontal and the parietal lobes because we know those are where the cells are dormant mm-hmm. and then aren't like the executive function isn't functioning properly in someone who's living with symptoms of post-traumatic stress. So do you, you said that, you know, the purpose of, of these conversations is to, you know, seek more treatment for the PTSD, those that have a traumatic brain injury and the concussion, um, experience. But is this more, do you feel, than just PTSD? Do you feel that maybe this could be, like, kind of a start to something new with, within yourself? How to storytell and how to yeah, exactly. maybe reach so, people? On yeah, more... I'm very logical when I talk, and that obviously comes from it is a medical treatment. So I do feel people want that part of it. But I feel I'm missing something um, since I don't have people flocking towards me to get treatment that right now with veterans are giving away for free. And I've watched it eliminate nightmares in people and take away brain fog and just been miraculous. And this is all non-invasive and they don't have to rehash any of the memories like cognitive behavioral therapy. So I'm just curious to, is it me and my message? And I'm not, and, and it's probably part of it. It's not always you know me doing something wrong, but am I not clearly articulating my value behind it or my why? And so if I were to do that in a different way, would I connect to people and would more, the phone ring more pretty much? Well, it's funny that you just brought up the why because we were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. Um, and we were supposed to be doing like, you know, kind of, a, <laughs> <laughs> kind of what we're doing right now and, and having a discussion about, you know, you had a list of different questions and, yeah. you know, we wanted to kind of keep it structured where, you know, we were able to get um, some answers to those things and I wouldn't let you get past the first one. <laughs> what was the question? I don't even remember and it wasn't even a question that was on the interview it was actually a question to like just get my brain thinking about storytelling and I wouldn't let you go and it was like what would I value or how did how what, why did I oh why did my service why do I do what I do or something like that like, I don't know and then you <laughs> no, no no that was my question to you oh. why why like what's what's yeah. the underlining reason like why are you doing this yeah. like what makes you Kelly O'Keefe that wants to help other people 
Exactly. Yeah, and then we went down the path of like, I've had a really good foundation with my parents. Um, They taught me great values. Um, I didn't have any traumatic experiences when I was younger. And for me in my world, trying to find my life purpose and where I want to get back to what I'm really passionate about. um, Since I don't have something that was uh, drastic and, you know, made me change my way of thinking because of something bad, then where am I going to go since I have a great foundation and great parents who are still together 42 years later and, and, you know, support two kids with unconditional love. We still go on family vacations. What do, what area do I choose? And there's no right or wrong answer to that question is what I came to. And I just kind of asked myself, well, what, what things keep coming to your awareness and what is something awful in the world that you want to help? And part of that is, um, the rape, um, and sexual assault. Like I want to be part of helping with the treatment part of it and also the really the prevention part of it because that's when you, you need to, to change ways in a society you need to prevent things from happening not just treating it after it does um so that kept showing up in my life and then in the last couple of years um the veteran community has too and i the common theme there is that both of those people are experiencing traumatic events and can develop post-traumatic stress so for me i just chose that Um, I don't have any personal experiences with either of them, but I have a passion for helping people in general. My background's in psychology. I have a um, BA from UC Santa Barbara, and that comes in handy very well. I had an incident at the airport over the holidays where um, I pretty much helped this girl who was having, being triggered, who had PTSD, and it was in an episode. And she was down on the floor with four cops standing above her, and they were just triggering, triggering her. She had PTSD. I went out and helped the situation. How, do you know, how did you know that she had PTSD? Could you just uh, tell? She, yeah. Cause was she, it something like yeah, you saw she, the signs? Yeah. So she was sobbing. She wasn't threatening or doing anything. She had no weapon. Um, she was kneeling down, and she just, is, she just kept saying, I don't want you to touch me, to four policemen that were standing above her. And even though they were a couple feet away, they just didn't know how to handle the situation. And it was a female needed to help out. So just intrinsically me, I just walked over and said, hey, I'm Kelly, let me help here. And they let me just literally take over their situation and I helped them. I got the girl to, you know, to walk to where they wanted her to, to get her help. I helped her call her, a friend to come pick her up and then she was actually on her way to go to a rehab center to treat her PTSD. What, um, what do you think, I mean, that's, that's an incredible story and you, you shared it with me before. Yeah. Um, do you think that now, I already know that you, and, and I, I want you to share the story about you going to the police academy. You had yeah. a, a certification with the local police. We'll go back to that if that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But, um, so it, it's, it's amazing that you stepped in and you, you spoke to these cops in the middle of this major, like scary situation for somebody. I mean, it was obviously, you know, typically people are not going to interrupt cops. Sure. While they're standing over top of a girl that's obviously like having some sort of a meltdown, yeah. like people don't know how to handle that. Right. Yeah. Do you feel that you've always, maybe as a young child, always felt like you wanted to care for people, that you wanted to help them? I have, yeah. I wanted to be in um, in this type of situation, or this type of field um, since I was younger. I knew I wanted to study psychology. When I was in high school, I Did even you... took Psych 101 no, my let, senior year. Let's go back to even further. Um, like... What, what were you as like a, a child, like five? I mean, what, I was what bossy. were you very loving and uh, you were bossy? I was bossy, yeah. So whenever <laughs> my mom always said, whenever, whenever you would play school, you always had to be the teacher. <laughs> Comes back to my record reading. Um, and you were the one that coordinated everything. And you even, um, 
to try to make money, the little entrepreneur in you, like put on a little, um, since you babysat on the side in the summer, you put on a little summer camp and charge the parents, you know, $8 a day per kid. <laughs> and then you, you made out a list of all the places, like the parks in the area, you're going to walk with them too. And I, I actually forgot about that story that just came to my mind the other week. And, um, yeah, so I always like being, I like, like being around people. I'm somewhat of an introvert. I do need my time to refresh and be by myself. But yeah, when I'm out and, and, and it's like, you know, like uh, social mode, I love it. Like it's, to me, it's fun to meet new people, uh, make new friends and um, expand my network. And in doing so, I do try to help people. So people call me a good connector. So when I'm listening, I'm also listening for the other person. And I think I am a very good listener. And if something pops up that I'm like, oh, you're looking for this? My friend's an amazing photographer. Can I connect you to? And it's sometimes, you know, it is hit or miss, but there's some great collaborations have come about because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to dig a little bit even deeper, yeah. I guess, in a way. It's okay. So you played the teacher when you were like a kid, right? Yeah. Um, not even teenage years. I'm looking for like, you know, when you were five, six years old. Yeah. You know, just a story about myself. Yeah. Just to, for an example. Um, I remember... You know, it's funny that you brought up teacher when I was in kindergarten. Yeah. Like, I already knew my alphabets. I played all these games. My parents spent a lot of time with me going over, yeah. like, mind games yeah. and puzzles and um, my mom teaching me how to, how to you know, sound out the word cat and understanding letters and numbers and everything. So, I remember when they were teaching the kids how to count to 100 and I was yeah. the one with the stick. Yeah. But I'd be one, two, three, four and <laughs> yeah. leaving the classroom. Yeah. But... On the other hand, even though I already knew all these things and I was trying to help my other kids and I almost felt like a responsibility, it was fun to lead. It was fun yeah. to, you know, share how to, how to learn. Yeah. Like it, it was, it felt like for me, it's like, okay, I know this. I, I can't keep it to myself. I need to share it. I need right. other people to understand where I'm at. I, I need you to be kind of lifted yeah. in a way. Like it's, it's fun to do this together, but it's yeah. also fun to help you. Yeah. Um, and I always felt like, okay, I have this gift. I need to, I need to also give it to you yeah and um but I also on the other hand <laughs> in kindergarten I was in timeout at least <laughs> at least once a day I mean there had to have been like two or three times a day and I will never forget I will never forget my best friend Samantha Samantha Hewitt and if you're listening Samantha she got in timeout one time she cried her eyes out. She was out of timeout in five minutes. And I remember staring at her with daggers. <laughs> like, suck it up. You deserve this. You were in trouble. <laughs> you talk more than I do. I'm just louder. Yeah, yeah. I get in trouble. Get caught. I just remember just like, shut up. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, even as a kid, it was like, you know, you got to if you want people to follow you, you have to teach by example. Yeah. It's one of those, you got to uh, walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. Sure. And I feel like you were in a very similar situation where you're very fortunate. Yeah, I was. And I did a Girl Scouts from first grade to 12th grade, and I ended up getting my gold award agree with... Um, Gold Award, uh, Gold Award, and which is similar to the Eagle Scout Award and Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. um, and in that part, like a lot of people did it until sixth grade, and then it became an uncool thing to do. But Not, it was a positive experience for oh, you. Oh, positive experience, yeah. But uh, there's some girls in it that just they were too cool for school for scouts, <laughs> and um, and they 
all stopped. I think almost our whole troop did because I remember I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm giving back to the world. Um, I think it's being of service is very important. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if it's uncool. I had friends that were nerds. I was an athlete myself. I had friends that were athletes. I was friends with the popular people. I was friends with the people that were unpopular. And I was always nice to everyone. And it's I have a story for you. My it was very interesting. I went to pick up with my mom to pick up my nephew, who I think was six at the time from school, maybe five. And um, I remember telling him, he's like, oh, like this new girl is at school or whatever. I said, oh, you know, well, it's really important like for you to invite her to sit with you at lunch and that you're very nice to her. And you know why? Is Because whenever someone goes to a new school, it is very lonely and they don't know anyone. And you knew that. They're not having friends. Well, I was telling him that and I was like, huh, like... As a child, I, whenever anyone came to town and throughout high school um, that was new to school, I always befriended them. Kelly. It doesn't matter anything about them. And I just thought to myself, oh my God, I guarantee my dad sat me down one time and said exactly what I just said to my nephew. Okay, I have to tell you, when I was in high school, um, my whole life I grew up in one town and my family was well known. Uh, my father was in Rotary. He was president of Rotary. Oh, yeah. We owned a construction company. Everybody, like, we had generations there. Yeah. My grandfather was super involved with the town, and, I mean, it was, you know, I, we were... So, anyway, I was the oldest in my family, yeah. and my, I have a younger brother and a younger sister, and after my freshman year of high school, my parents shared with us that they were moving us 40 minutes up the road. Oh, wow. And I was going to go to a new high school. Um, so, we went... You know, we had a good, uh, I guess, education system growing up until you meet, um, until you went into the high school time period, and then we moved up the road 40 minutes. And it was this is before cell phones. I didn't have a car right. yet. Yeah. You know, this is before you had access to keep in contact with people. Now I was always pretty social, and I, um, I came out. And, oh, I was always out of my shell, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, um, I played a lot of sports, and I acclimated. I, you know, I bounced around with like softball teams and swim teams. So I was always used to like meeting new people as well. And I, yeah. you know, I was friends with everybody. You and I are very similar in a yeah. lot of our, our, in a lot of our characteristics and personality traits. Yeah. Um, but as extroverted as I am, and as much as I felt like comfortable in who I am as a person, I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And that first day in school, getting into the cafeteria. Yeah. The worst in high school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it was fine when I went into a classroom, like, because there's either assigned seating where you just like, it's a smaller setting, but then you're going to the social where it's not constructed. The teacher's not talking to you and, and giving you a lesson plan. You're on your own and you have to decide where you're going to sit and everybody has yeah. these little clicks and yep. people that they're already yep. sitting with. Yep. And I just remember walking in there and I just like, I wanted to escape. It yeah. was awful. Yep. And I somehow sat down next to some people and introduced myself, but it was an awful feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness they said hello back and like we For started sure. talking, but it was awful. Yeah. So you're right. I had a, a similar, and another similar, similar story to that. Um, my point, which I'll go back and actually write this down, but of the other story of the, um, uh, what were we going to talk about before? Uh, oh, the Girl Scouts and me um, continuing on mm -hmm. is that that was a big part for me where the peer pressure thing never bothered me. Mm -hmm. And I just, and I don't know if it, like there's something that stems with, which what then I would later on like read Tony Robbins and all these books about, you know self-love and all these things where it just like that foundation was in high school for me. A lot of my friends struggled with that as they got older in college and 
I need to join a sorority to be cool. I said, I'm not fucking joining a sorority. I enjoyed the venture club. I led canoe trips. I like, like they led, taught you to be a trainer and to like lead trips. Yeah. I'm like, you guys have fun at your little high school sorority fraternity dances that you guys still have little dances you ask each other to in college. <laughs> and you have to get pretty and you, you know, a lot of people were anorexic at Santa Barbara and they were sorority girls, yeah. um, which is terrible. Like, and, and that's a horrible thing. Like, it's not something to even laugh about. But, um, yeah, so for me, and um, I have a couple of... You wanted something that. that was more meaningful. Yeah, and so I remember in high school, I think it was, or no, no, it was eighth grade, uh, I had some friends and they start, like, we had like our first puff of a cigarette. I thought it was disgusting. I never even touched like one again, I, you know. You know oh, I, yeah. you're making me think about <laughs> wanting to have a cigarette now. I know. Um, and, but then they moved on to doing drugs. And even though it was marijuana, I mean, this is still back in the day of dare. Like, I mean, they... <laughs>